Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie and I are back from Walt Disney World and talk about what we learned about how to deal with the heat in the summer, with a little dash of trip report on the side. Find all the episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you receive bonus content, including our live trip reports, or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Decipher. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie and I both were in Walt Disney World last week. I was there over the weekend, and she was there during midweek, but we overlapped for a day on Monday. And as we had discussed in our previous episodes, we were concerned with how hot it was going to be. So we thought we would spend this episode talking about what we found worked for us and our respective families, respective sons, I guess, who came with us to deal with the heat. Before we get started, we want to thank a couple of new patrons, Kate R., Laura, and Chella L. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. For everyone who is a Patreon subscriber at any level, we do live trip reports when we're in the parks. So, you know, we did about some... Oh, shoot. I just realized I need to edit the last one, but we did seven uh, or eight while we were there. And also we try to record one bonus episode per month for the higher levels of support. So thank you so much, everyone, for supporting. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. All right, Leslie. So welcome back. Are you ready to talk about how we dealt with the weather? Yeah, it was really blazing. And I have to say, Joe, you got off easy because the last two days that I was there were the two hottest days by far. I mean, heat plus humidity, dangerous levels, like heat advisory levels. It was by far the hottest two days that I have had in Walt Disney World in June. So yikes. Scary for those going in July and August. Yeah, I think Sunday was close to what you had to deal with on Thursday and Friday, but still uh, not as bad. It was like 97 with like heat index of 105 or something. It was it was it was nonsense. I, I felt hot just following you along from the relatively cool space of my office. So what we are going to do is we're just going to run through like a laundry list of things that we tried to do for the weather. And we'll just evaluate how well those things went. And of course, you know, these are just our experience. And we'd love to hear what you like to do from the weather. Uh, you can always let us know Disney Deciphered at gmail.com at WW Deciphered on Twitter, or on Facebook and Instagram Disney Deciphered. So Leslie, why don't you kick us off? All right. Well, the first strategy I had was to try to have a table service lunch indoors on really hot days. That was what I did on my very last day on Friday. And I went to Skipper Canteen, of course, because uh, that's my favorite restaurant in Magic Kingdom. And I knew my son, who is like way into puns and jokes right now, would get a kick out of it. So it was a huge hit. Made a reservation for 1145. At that point, we definitely needed to get out of the heat of Magic Kingdom. We were starting to drag. So that turned out to be a great strategy. Of course, I didn't know that was going to be the hottest day of our trip, so it turned out to be lucky. The danger is <laughs> with indoor dining is um, what happened to me after my trip. Um, I ended up COVID positive from my Walt Disney World trip, as actually a lot of people are reporting right now. I, I don't know where and when I got it, but I think you know likely the culprit was indoor dining, just because that was the bulk of the time that we spent indoors, you know, close to people unmatched. 
fast. Yeah, I guess take that advice with a grain of salt, <laughs> especially if you're somebody like me who hasn't had COVID yet. That is the the reality and, and the risk of Walt Disney World right now, especially in summer when you, you just realistically aren't going to be able to be outdoors 100% of the time. Yeah, it's really tough in the summer. And luckily, Leslie, you seem to have a very mild case. Now, we did one indoor meal together, and that was at Space 220, which we'll talk about on another episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But the restaurant wasn't super crowded that day. And we also, like, we had a table next to us, but we didn't have a table on the other side of us. You told me you had gone to Steakhouse 71. You know, Steakhouse 71, that is a very crowded restaurant. Well, you know, how crowded was Skipper Canteen? Because I feel like not all indoor dining is the same in terms of how crowded it is. Yeah, I totally agree. And some of it's the restaurant, some of it's the timing. Skipper Canteen was not crowded at all. I actually checked in early from our 1145 reservation and got seated basically as soon as the restaurant opened at 1130. And we were in sort of one of those back rooms. And really, when we were seated, we were the only people in that room. I, I felt like that was ultimately a pretty safe, you know, well-ventilated, spread out. I mean, even while we were there, by the time we, we left, only half the tables in the room were seated. So that felt great. I mean, yeah, if I had to put my money on where I got COVID, Steakhouse 71 sure looms large because that felt, it was a much tighter space. You know, the ceiling's kind of low in there and it was very, very crowded. Like tables very close together, kid at the next table over coughing loudly the entire meal, <laughs> you know, but you don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, it could be something in passing. You you don't know, but certainly if you want to, to minimize your risk, but still indoor dine, you've got to look at these restaurants carefully. And I did feel like, like you did the space to was pretty wide open and had, you know, it's a newer restaurant. You can get, bet the ventilation is going to be better than some of these older buildings. Yeah. And on that note, I had heard that Columbia Harbor House, which is a quick service restaurant at Magic Kingdom, has a second floor that is very lowly populated. And like Leslie was saying, it is so hot. Like I just could not, even with a quick service meal, eat outdoors with my son and be safe and healthy because it's just so hot with the heat exhaustion. So on Sunday, when you were not there at Magic Kingdom, we went to Columbia Harbor House. And so we went early to try to avoid the crowds. And then we went up to the second floor and really up on the second floor, which if you go into Columbia Harbor House, you wouldn't even know existed. Going up to the second floor, there are, are so many tables spread out and there's a lot of space. There are these nooks and crannies that you can hide in where you're basically like the only group in that area, especially earlier. And so I found that to be a great place uh, if you're indoor dining, quick service. And also, this episode is not about avoiding COVID. This episode is about staying cool. Like the AC was up very high at Columbia Harbor House. And I know you went there as well and had the same experience. Yeah, that was definitely one of our break spots in Magic Kingdom. And it, it worked well for high AC, low crowds. Let's uh, continue on the AC track of things. I think, Leslie, you and I, we were just paying attention throughout the entire trip for attractions that had very good AC that, uh, you know, was a good place to cool down. Let's start in Hollywood Studios, and I will start with the straight-up worst AC for any indoor attraction that we experienced, and that was Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. As soon as you get inside to the Chinese theater, the indoor portion of the queue, it does not get any cooler at all. And then the last section, right before the pre-show, you're just in this long, winding switchback room, and it was so hot in there. I don't know what you felt about that. I mean, you wrote it with us once, but then you wrote it again on your own. But I thought Mickey, Minnie, Runaway Railway, air conditioning for the queue, 
Thumbs down. Yeah, it was even worse when we wrote it again on Thursday on the hotter day. It was miserable. And we were like at that point where we were, it was a tight queue. We wanted, we wanted to mask, but that day we, we didn't feel like we could. I mean, we were we were miserable even unmasked in that queue. So yeah, beware. I mean, I don't know why it should have better, it should have better AC. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter lately about is Disney cutting back on the air conditioning in some buildings to save money? And if there was ever an Exhibit A, it's that queue. Yeah, I think at the pre-show and the attraction itself, it's okay. But that queue is where you spend the most time and it was brutal. Now, on the other hand, this is a very obscure and random reference. But the very last hallway you're in before Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, it is like vent after vent after vent, just blowing straight down on you. It was amazing in there. It was so cool. Oh, it's only like the last five minutes of the queue, but A plus for our Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Any other uh, Hollywood Studios air conditioning cues or attractions to note yes because we did those on thursday afternoon when it was one of the hottest periods that we were in a park we headed over to muppet vision 3d and again you know big theater not a lot of people and it wasn't completely full you can kind of pick your place so that's a nice way to get out of the heat we did that during truly the heat of the afternoon like at three or four in the afternoon and then we went and watched the little uh, mickey and minnie short that's playing as well for another 10 minutes of theater air conditioning so both uh good options in hollywood studios because especially you know if you you're in between lightning lanes you've stacked that day those are not really going to have weights all right so let's stay on the skyliner and talk about epcot what was your experience at epcot for air conditioning i will say that cosmic rewind queue was pretty nice and the cosmic rewind attraction itself that is like you are in a wind tunnel. It is you're indoors and there's a lot of wind blowing. Don't wear a hat. I don't know why. <laughs> in the queue, I told Leslie she'd be okay wearing her hat. She didn't, luckily. But Cosmic Rewind, very cool ride in there. What other experiences did you have at Epcot in terms of staying cool and in, in attractions? So again, similar to Hollywood Studios, looking for those longer attractions, Journey into the Imagination, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, the ones that have short waits that you can usually get into, except for maybe like right sort of during the middle of the day with, you know, maybe a five to 15 minute wait. Those were both um, good for the air conditioning. Interestingly, Living with the Land is not. The queue was really stifling hot and tight switchbacks in the in the land building so that was that was a bummer I mean I sort of knew obviously you're going into greenhouses so (laughs) the ride itself would be okay but the queue was actually another miserable one on the list so was thinking that was going to be a good one and it didn't it didn't deliver for us and then in Epcot of course all of the shows so plenty of the country pavilions have theaters and we did not do any of those this trip but that would have been sort of our go-to if we had spent more time in Epcot, like spending time in the World Showcase. Now, Animal Kingdom, uh, you've written here in the notes, Service of the Sun, which I totally get that. It's very hot. And my son and I did not go to Animal Kingdom on this trip, much to his chagrin, but it just we couldn't fit it in. We were only in the parks for two days. Now, the show's are pretty cool in there and you can of course do Kali River Rapids but in general I think Animal Kingdom it's very tough to stay cool 
wherever you are. Yeah, we had a rough day Thursday morning there. Just started getting hot so, so quickly, and there weren't a lot of places to escape that heat. You know, went to the boneyard, which made us hotter. And But my son did have a fun time. But yeah, there's really not a lot of places to kind of get away from the heat other than in the shows. And so we ended up actually leaving before 11 a.m. because it was just getting too roasting hot for us. And we had kind of done the essentials that we wanted to do that day. Tell us really quickly about Magic Kingdom. What was your experience there in terms of cool indoor attractions? So we hit Magic Kingdom with a, you know, minimize walking, maximize air conditioning and shade strategy on Friday because we knew it was so hot. One of the attractions that we hit easily people mover even though it's of course not indoors you get a nice breeze on that ride little mermaid actually was sort of you know under the sea whatever it's called ariel was the biggest hit and we have sung its praises on previous episodes so that was definitely like hey bud let's go ride ariel he had a good time on that ride and enjoyed the ac also, Small World ended up being part of our strategy that morning as a walk-on. We were able to really only have like a 10-minute line at about 10 o'clock or a little bit later. So that worked really well. And we're able to get a pretty close-in return time in the morning for Pirates as well. Another cool ride that's long with a lot of air conditioning. So definitely some options there. We did pop in Hall of Presidents during the heat of the day after we had finished lunch at Skipper Canteen. Apparently, so had everyone else in Magic Kingdom. The lobby waiting area was well ventilated and well, very cool, but it was crazy, crazy crowded. Like, and we just decided to turn around and go back out after like a minute of enjoying the air, the air conditioning there because that, that certainly was discovered. In terms of not so great uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, it's an indoor attraction, but it's just not, you know, it's crowded. The queue is really, the air is very stagnant in there. The attraction itself is okay, but Buzz Lightyear is not the best. I would also say that the stores in Magic Kingdom, they are not as cool as you would expect. Creations store at Epcot was pretty good. So bear that in mind as well. And like Leslie was saying, it seems like the AC is not running as strongly. I have heard, but did not get to experience it myself on this trip, that Spaceship Earth and Carousel of Progress are particularly bad offenders these days. Don't expect to necessarily get a break from them. Speaking of breaks, I think both of us found on this trip that we really had to take midday breaks. You know, when I'm there in the fall or in the winter, I can go all day in the parks, but I found every day after lunch at the latest, I was back at the hotel just relaxing for a couple hours. What about you, Leslie? Yeah, same. Most days we actually ended up having lunch at the hotel because it was we just were starting to fade and we could get back and mobile order on the bus or the Skyliner or whatever we, we were, pick it up in the lobby and walk back to our room and sort of, you know, eat, eat there and let my son chill out. So that was really important for us. We had a midday break every day that we were in the parks. To that end, we had park hoppers, and I found the park hopper really had a lot of value in the summer because of this reason. We were taking a break, and so then we could decide, you know, where we were going to go in the afternoon. And this really allowed us to have a, a great stacking strategy with Genie Plus to stack the afternoon and evening in either Hollywood Studios or Magic Kingdom especially because those are really the two best parks for stacking in the afternoons. So the Park Hopper really worked for us. We pretty much hopped yeah we hopped every day except for our last day where we left after lunch this definitely worked out but definitely needed that break and 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 not just an hour or two like we took like three or four hours several days 
Yeah, and staying at Caribbean Beach Resort, I know both of us were, because of the Skyliner, it's really easy to park hop either to Hollywood Studios or Epcot. So that worked out really well for us. Also, my son and I stayed in Trinidad in the Pirate Rooms, and we actually got a room that was right across a courtyard from the quiet pool so one day when we went back for a break you know i just threw him in the pool for half an hour and that really helped and you know i i got in myself for a little bit so that really helped to cool down and one thing that i never do and here's another like bit of advice is we actually showered in our midday breaks which is not something i normally do but it felt during the summer it really helped and because of that we actually ended up going through twice as many clothes as we normally would. So I'm not sure if this is a tip or just a suggestion, but because it was just my son and myself, we were able to bring more outfits than we need. I mean, we were only there for three days, but we, you know, my son had like five outfits. And so he was able to change into clean clothes after our break every afternoon. And that really helped him to stay cool. We also ended up being right across the a courtyard the same courtyard from the laundry machines. So even if we hadn't brought extra clothes, we could have done laundry and that would have been fine. But I do feel like showering and getting into fresh clothes for the late afternoon evening uh, really helped as well. What did you do in terms of pool time? We didn't do pool time on any of our park days. We did have one of the quiet pools right near our room and we did not change midday, but we we did do laundry there and it was actually really convenient. I was I love that part about Disney hotels. It was really easy to do and because we we had been traveling for 10 days and obviously didn't bring 10 days worth of clothes with us. So that was that was super helpful, but we did the pool instead. And this is another tip I think that is important for beating the heat in the summertime on a full break day. So we scheduled during the middle of our trip a full day where we didn't go to any parks. And instead what I did was I scheduled a character meal in the morning. Um, we went to Topolino's Terrace, um, kind of late morning so we could sleep in. And then we planned to spend the whole afternoon at the pool. And then we had an early dinner at the uh, <laughs> potential site of COVID infection, uh, Steakhouse 71. and <laughs> A cursed dinner. <laughs> it was a really good dinner. I had a great waiter too. I, I hate to blame it on that. I really don't have no idea. I really have no idea. But um, anyway, so we did take a big, big pool break that afternoon. And Caribbean Beach, I mean, had a great pool scene. I, I was really impressed. It was almost on par with like, you know, what we'd had at part of Alani. You know, there was a cast member there uh, from 1 to 3.30 every afternoon running games and, you know, like all sorts of different poolside games that the kids were playing and getting them engaged. Name that Disney tune or um, like a hula hoop contest. So that was a lot of fun for my son. It was really just a great scene and we were able to enjoy, you know, many hours. And we, we almost went back there on Thursday because we finished up at the parks even before dinner time, but ultimately decided just to chill in the room and get some more air conditioning there. But yeah, I think having that break day is really important because that was a day, the entire day, we never really got hot and sweaty. You know, we walked to Riviera to have a breakfast and we Ubered to dinner, but you know, otherwise we were in our bathing suits. And so we felt pretty cool and, and sort of reset for the next two park days. Yeah, and I think this is morphing to a mini trip report under the pretense of discussing the heat. But another nice thing about being there in the summer was that it was still warm at night. And so I actually took my son to the pool every night at 8.30 p.m. I mean, he really wanted to swim the whole entire time, which is why we went to the pool so much. And so we went to the big pool, which was a quite a hike from Trinidad. But we took that 10, 15 minute walk to the pool every night at 8.30 and we swam from 8.30 to 9.30. And I'm not sure where we'll get this in to other 
podcasts about this trip, so I'll just throw this in here now. One very nice thing about Caribbean Beach Resort that I didn't realize is that you can actually see the harmonious fireworks, just the fireworks portion from the pool. So, you know, we were there at 9 p.m. every night, so I watched harmonious three times. I mean, just the fireworks, but it was still nice to have fireworks going off in the background. In fact, if you are waiting for the slide, you probably have an amazing view of the harmonious fireworks. So that was pretty cool. And my son, of course, loved going to the pool every night for an hour before we went to bed. I kept him up pretty late uh, on this trip, or he kept me up. Maybe is a better way to say it. It was forced march of happiness to the pool for me. I love it. Mine definitely gets a little more, retires to, to his room a little bit earlier. So you get a night owl on your hands. It worked out. Yeah, I mean, he was like begging me to <laughs> go to the pool. So um, one piece of advice that people all often give is to bring cooling towels. I brought my cooling towel, but I actually ended up not using it. So I can't speak to that, but... I know whenever people are talking about the heat at Disney World, I was seeing it. I saw a ton of people use it. They say that, so we'll just throw that in there. Although we can't, I can't speak to whether that would have worked for me or not. I guess I didn't feel hot enough to want to use that. I don't know. I don't kind of. I kind of don't like it being super damp on my neck. Yeah, no, I used them for the last trip when I was there with my kids briefly, and it just it icked me out or something. <laughs> I I didn't like it. it. Almost it added to the humidity and the stickiness for me. So it was it was not something that ultimately worked for me and we didn't even bring them this trip but different strokes for different folks all right some miscellaneous tips sunscreen uh i will talk about sunscreen for people who do not easily burn first and then leslie you can talk about your family but you know i had a sunscreen probably every two hours um and then for the pool like i said when we went to the quiet pool i only let him swim this was at like 1 p.m the sun was at its at or near its apex i only let him swim for 20 30 minutes i slathered sunscreen all over his body i forgot to bring a rash guard so maybe yeah remember to bring a rash guard for your kids so you don't have to worry about sunscreening their entire bodies even though they are small it still takes quite a bit of sunscreen to cover the whole thing but yeah every couple hours work for us and then i found by 6 7 p.m we didn't need to apply anymore at that point even though the sun is still out what about you and your fair-skinned folk <laughs> we we did okay we neither of us got burned i, I maybe got like a tad of color on my face on one of the days but we always put on sunscreen before we leave the room in the morning so that otherwise it's, I mean, if we can, occasionally we'll be doing it at the, at the bus stop. But once you get kind of hot and sweaty, it starts to be hard to put on sunscreen. So we always try to do it in the air conditioning of the room, at least to start the morning. So we really only do one, you know, application in the morning and then we do it at lunch for the afternoon and neither of us got burned. So that that worked out, but we buy like the highest SPF of everything. And my son also always wears a baseball cap in Disney parks. And uh, we did have uh, quite the episode of the lost Olumel Alani baseball cap that I put in my Instagram stories, which ended up having a very cute and happy ending. So go watch that if you didn't follow along in real time. But we ended up doing okay, you know, even with our <laughs> Irish jeans. And my, my daughter's a redhead, so we joke about, yeah, we get, we're the first ones to get burned in, in our family. And, and we did okay this trip. So I feel uh, lucky about that. And of course, we always wear rash guards. <laughs> Both of us, like the, the default. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, I think when we met up for the afternoon one day, you said I was like dripping sunscreen. So I you think I'd waited. <laughs> I had waited too too long to apply that day. Yeah, definitely wear hats. You, you got to do it. Yeah, really quickly. Because of the heat, you are going to run into a thunderstorm. Again, not sure where we're going to get this in. So let's get this in here now. 
Caribbean Beach, you cannot get back there um, when it's thunderstorming on the Skyliner. We were lucky. Leslie had the great idea of grabbing a minivan. So we walked, uh, we were in Epcot. So we walked to Beach Club and grabbed a minivan back to Caribbean Beach Resort. It seemed like at the International Gateway, like they had signs that basically were telling us to walk all the way back to the front of the park to grab a bus back to Caribbean Beach. However, when we got to Beach Club, the sign on the, the bus sign there said that there would be buses going to Caribbean Beach there. So I think. You know, I would have lost my mind if I had to walk all the way back to the front of the park uh, to catch a bus to Caribbean Beach. I mean, I would have just sat in Epcot and let it rain on me or sat in the land pavilion or something and wait for waited for the rain to finish. So that's something to bear in mind if you're at a Skyliner resort in the heat of summer. All right. So I want to finish up with if you have been listening to this podcast, I had promised my son I would buy him a misting fan. The very first thing that we did when we got to the park, you know, those souvenir misting fans, I think twenty three dollars. After tax, uh, they are an electric fan with a bottle of water, like a spray bottle of water. We bought that. It was my son's most cherished item from the trip. He took care of it the entire time. It's like sitting next to his bed right now. He loves it so much. I would say it was okay. Let me give you a tip if you're going to buy this misting fan for your kids. I mean, it did cool us down to square ourselves with water and to use the misting fan, but the whole time we were only there for two days, I was like, this fan seems very weak. And the reason why it seems weak is because the AA batteries that they come with are weak themselves. And in fact, they were basically out of batteries by the time we were done with the trip. However, as soon as I came home, I put in fresh AA batteries that aren't like super cheap and that fan is working as intended. So if you're going to buy a missing fan, Bring a couple AA batteries. Random advice and tips. But uh, actually, Leslie had a better fan. So, Leslie, talk about your fan a little bit. Yeah, we actually went to Daiso, the Japanese dollar store. Um, I don't know if you guys have this in Boston, but they're definitely all over California. And bought just a tiny little handheld fan. It was actually USB charged. So it was small enough that it actually could fit in my crossbody purse really easily and um, we took that along. It didn't have the misting feature, but it made it small enough that it really could slide in anywhere. And just having that fan, even though we didn't have the water function, really did cool us down. You're already wet because you're sweating. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's how it works, evaporation and cooling down. But it, it, it was great. My son used that quite a lot. Um, and it was a surprise hit. Like I debated whether or not I was going to buy that or bring it the first day. And then we ended up taking it with us every day. Yeah. The misting is actually a bug. If you have the fan not spinning and put in the wrong way, it just squirts into the fan and then you just leak water all over your foot. Uh, Excellent. Don't ask me how I know that. (laughs) So make sure you're running the fan or have the fan blades in the right position when you are misting or spraying your kid with water. All right, Joe. Well, we survived the Florida heat. So let's close this one out with our traditional Disney do or don't. And it's not don't get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't. But so... Everyone always talks about how Disney always gives free ice and you get free ice from quick service restaurants and they have cups of ice ready for you to take. And this is all true. But one thing that my son and I found worked really well this trip is I actually ended up buying a flat of water um, and I gave half of it to Leslie when we were done. So that was very convenient. Although I think, Leslie, if you had had that flat of water, you know, over the five days, you would have drank 24 bottles between the two of you, I think, right? Maybe not quite, because we actually finished off what you gave us, but we didn't really buy that much more. So we did okay. 
So we drank half of it in two days and you drank the other half in five. So I guess it depends how much water you drink. But yeah, I bought a flat of water. And what I did was instead of taking the free ice and having them fill it up with water, I just asked for cups of ice. And I actually brought a thermos from home, uh, a Yeti brand thermos, but you can get whatever thermos. And what I did was I would just pour ice into the thermos and then use the bottled water. I've talked before about how I really am not a huge fan of um, Orlando tap water. And I would pour water from the water bottles that we bought into the thermos. And that kept the water cool for like hours on end. And so my son could use that throughout the day uh, to stay cool. And so, you know, we just kept filling it with ice and then getting water from wherever. So I thought that worked really well. And it really was much better than drinking, you know, warm water uh, or warm tap water. And so, you know, that's the Disney do, I would say, you know, if you can bring a thermos, uh, there's a lot that you can do with it, um, especially, you know, with all the free ice that they give out, whether it's at the quick service restaurant or at the freestyle machines, you can get ice anywhere. Great tip, Joe. All right. So that was our discussion about how we dealt with the heat in the summer and a little bit of trip report in there as well. We'll have a couple more episodes discussing things that we learned from the trip, and including, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, the new roller coaster at Epcot. But before then, if you have any tips for the heat, please let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you feeling better on the other side. Thanks, Joe.